Welcome to the X Podcast. We're so excited to have you. I don't even know what episode it is. Should I know that if I'm hosting? It's what it's like 78. Not no. No, no. No, we're in 60. 68. Something like something that. Like Anyways, that. welcome to a new episode, and we're back on video. We're here. We're on video this time. And so I've got my good friend Russ with me, which by the way, just arrived in town from, from Detroit. Detroit. Why? Why did you get stuck in Detroit? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. You know what? But it was uh, a few days. Can I, can I? Can I give the reason that you told me? <laughs> what was the reason? Well, I, I, I didn't tell you a reason. You, you told me enough when when did you were I? yeah last night, and I was like, because you know when are you gonna get back? And you're like, I missed my flight, and you were mad, and you only said two words. Okay, listen. You said Miss. terminal confusion. <laughs> okay. Terminal. Listen, when okay. I hear, when I hear terminal okay. confusion, I hear I went the wrong way. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's let's we're gonna talk about this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent two and a half days in Atlanta. Yeah, um, uh, got to be with our friend Joel. Joel was on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. he he's an entrepreneur has a yeah. has a church plant, and yeah. you brought him out here, and we got to go, and I got to be your ambassador, your delegate. Yes, that was fun to to go spend Send time you. with them and and speak and bless them. But then um, I immediately flew to Raleigh uh, to to do some leadership stuff there for a few days with friends, and then had a connecting flight back. Yeah. Apparently, Delta can fly straight from Columbus to Atlanta or Raleigh, but not back. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, it's really tough. So, I landed in Detroit. Yeah. I This this part's my fault. <laughs> I saw Cat Cora Restaurant. Are you, are you familiar with Cat Cora? No. They have one in Disney World. Cat Cora? It's called Cat Cora. She's like this famous. It's like a, it's, they're really nice. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God. But I was like, I have an hour. And I asked the, the lady, the host, I was like, I don't think I would make my flight. She was oh, you absolutely would. Because I was, I was in Terminal A, and the gate that I was going to be flying back to is, is B-21. So I was like, oh. That can't be far. Well, that won't be far. So, you know, as long as you're there 20 minutes before the flight, 25 minutes, whatever. So I get over, I get, um, I start walking, you know, past uh, A. I'm at like A21. And then I see something as I keep uh, uh, going past the walkways. I see that it goes all the way to A80. Before you get to B? Before you get to B. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no, oh no. So I'm, I'm running, I'm, I'm, I'm running. Laughing. I got a new hat and it's got like a sweat ring on it. Oh no. You can see it's, um, so I am running. I get to the end of A, and it's a dead end. And I was like, oh, my God, it's on the other end. So I'm telling you, it took me 10 minutes. So for another 10 There was minutes, no signs that ever said B terminal no, this direction. No. So I run oh. another 20 minutes. I mean, no, I'm, I'm running probably in all real, real like 10 minutes. I'm okay. like on a 10-minute run with yeah. my backpack. I, my Sprint. back is raw. Yeah. It was like bleeding. Um, oh too, too much information. I'm running all the way back from A78 all the way past A. Hey, guess what? It's another dead end. I grab one of the people behind this. I said, where is B? They said, oh, we know it's a little confusing. When you, when you go back to A36, there's a slight sign up top that <laughs> shows you there's a little corridor that goes yeah. towards B and C. Yeah. So you missed So it. I missed. So, so I, here's I, the, I the moral, moral of the story, even when there's a sign. It might okay. not help. <laughs> it was a well-hidden sign. <laughs> a well-hidden sign. I was so mad. So, so I, you made it back. You were a little bit late. Yes. And uh, we're glad to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back here it's at staff. Back. Right before the, uh, we're recording this, right before the death apocalypse is due to I hit. I hear there is a big it's, storm coming. I don't think it's going to be that big. That's just my opinion. I might be wrong. Are we having church this Sunday? Yeah, we're having church. Okay. It's going to be over in a day. Mm. I mean, 
we'll probably get some Thursday to snow. Friday. Thursday to Friday. Okay. It'll, be, it'll be clear by Friday afternoon. Okay. That's my guess. That's my prediction. But I'm not a weatherman. You look man. like you've been taking creatine. I'm not a weatherman. Well, I just started back into creatine because I told okay. you that, but oh. I don't feel like I look like. I oh, okay. I, I took creatine and I don't feel like it did anything except mm. make me pee all the time. Did you start lifting weights? I've been lifting oh, weights. Oh, okay. But maybe pee all the time. Uh, I don't think it, it didn't make me any bigger. Creatine's supposed to make you bigger? Yeah, it's supposed to make you bigger if you combine the right diet, but I mm. feel like you have zero carbs and you never eat, and you also That's never not have true. water. Not true. I've actually um, been enjoying plenty of carbs lately. Okay. So, enjoying them. Huh. Anyways, so you know what else time. is exciting coming up? I What's wanted that? to talk about this just for a brief okay. moment. Maybe we'll see where this goes. Uh, the Olympics. Come on. They're getting ready to start. Winter Olympics. In fact, I think there's already an event that started now. They have some events, I think, that start before the opening ceremonies. Bowling? No, curling. Curling. Something in curling, I think, started mm. already. That's what I heard, I think, maybe today. And I think opening ceremonies is, uh, let's see, it'll probably be the day before this releases. So I think the opening ceremony uh, is February 3rd, February 3rd. Uh, in Beijing. Mm. And so um, will you watch a lot of the Olympics? You will. No. Will you watch any of the Olympics? If I'm at someone's house. That's it. Who's you, going to Beijing? We, our, our, our ambassadors are like boycotting it, right? I don't know. Our that. delegates are. I, I don't know. You know that? I, yeah, our I mean, delegates I, are. I, the Beijing, I'm sure, probably. Mm-hmm. That's, it's been a hotbed of controversy. Yeah. A lot going is, on in the world. There is a lot going on in the world. And so we're about to have the World Games. What's mm. interesting, yeah. I was thinking about this. What's interesting is that the World Games, the idea of having the Olympics, I think, first started, World Games, um, there was, if I recall... I could be wrong on this. So any history buffs, you might you might correct me. But I I thought originally a lot of the World Games kind of started in there was an agreed upon thing that there would be peace during Mm. the time of the games. Mm. And that even if there was war and conflicts and things going on in the world, that there would be peace for people to stop and participate in kind of a you know a friendly competition uh, thinking worldwide. Now what's interesting is we have the Olympics starting Mm -hmm. at the same time. World War Three is about to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. found this kind of a fascinating yeah, it contrast. Is. It is that the Olympics, where you're going to have um, Russian and Ukrainian um, athletes mm-hmm. competing against each other mm-hmm. in very civil yeah. games. Yeah. At the same time that Russia has been building up right. massive troops, ground uh, mm-hmm. force. Yeah. Right along the border of Ukraine, and yeah. it looks like we could be staring at. Possibly a massive war, not Armageddon. just between two countries, but because of the connections. It all, it, I mean, oh, yeah. U.S. is mm-hmm. involved. Mm-hmm. A lot of Europe is involved. Sanctions, mm-hmm. all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. are you are you nervous about what <laughs> might happen? Um, well, first of all, I think that it is weird that we have the games and then we have people already protesting or not protesting but not going it's weird because like you said there's always been kind of this ceasefire in a sense of we're all going to at least enjoy if nothing else but to celebrate the competition to celebrate the athletes but we're also in cancel culture now yeah and we're also on the brink of potential armageddon yeah so i don't know it is very (laughs) it's, it's weird to watch it's eerie to watch. It's probably um, I saw a little weirder for you because you're younger than I am. Yeah, so you I feel were like, like 50 you, when the Berlin Wall was, was uh, torn down. I was a kid. But <laughs> I I remember, just mm-hmm. to, but just not to cut you off, but I was just thinking, like, you probably don't really know a time where Russia was really cons- considered, like, our primary enemy or threat in the world. Y- yeah, but you know what? I, feel I do like, in the 80s. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I was not alive when or was barely. I was born in '84. 
Yeah. So you were probably a little young, yeah. but I mean, the so whole not... Reagan Gorbachev like standoff Cold War thing, right. like in the 80s, late 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, pe- it was yeah. always on the back of your mind that we could be invaded by Russia. Yeah. So I, I, I was not aware. I was not old enough to be aware during the Cold War. But I do feel like since then it's been a chilly battle. Yeah, <laughs> a chilly battle. You know, like Not I feel a cold like, war, but yeah, I feel like my whole life there's okay. been these simmering tensions. Yeah, there's always been like it's been like okay, I mean, you know, in the last seven to ten years, you got the rising monster of China, but really mm. all along, other than like just our blatant, you know, want to kill us enemies of North Korea or Iran or or whatever, it's been like. Russia is that is that one that we it almost uh, has felt like a passive aggressive relationship yes. with Russia. Passive aggressive, right? like these two giants <laughs> that don't really want to yeah. stir each other because well, they Russia, know what would happen. And Russia really uh, in in the nineties, I mean they they were toppled significantly when the Soviet Union right. really crumbled. Um, I mean, because my wife's parents were missionaries over in Russia, and we got to go over to Russia in '97, and we uh, give to Russia, and we and we've given our church does to support week. some of the churches. We don't just give to Russia as in the federation, <laughs> but I just want to clear that up. Our church supports. We got people in our church that support churches and ministries in Russia. Anyways, let's clear that up. <laughs> we give to Russia, okay, and uh, but I but like. With the downfall of the Soviet Union in the 90s, they actually experienced such, um, like, uh, political and financial fallout. Mm -hmm. And so Russia, like, they were struggling financially. But um, one of the things that's been interesting is just to see what what the prime minister, now president, um, has done over the last 20 years that has actually positioned them back to being like a world power, the way they have sold Mm -hmm. off um, a lot of their resources and mm-hmm. gas and oil and the way that they have continued to develop their um, mm-hmm. missiles, mm-hmm. their um, army, their whatever. Like well, they, the way- they've kind of they position themselves to, to kind of back into this. Mm-hmm. Well, and Putin threat. has in that same vein postured himself as more and more of a dictator. Yeah. He's been 20 in, years uh, in leadership. Pretty he's much. been in leadership 17 years. And the way that he set it up, unless he changes the laws again, he'll be yeah. in leadership till 2036. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. If he's still oh, alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so he's dictating what's going on. Oh yeah. Uh, and we obviously are finding out just like China that he doesn't tolerate dissidents. No. KGB will straight poison him. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot there's a lot going on and now you see this tension between Russia and Ukraine mm-hmm. and I, I've never been it's I feel like the the world has shifted so much due to the internet and social media over the last 10 mm-hmm. 15 years really the last 10 mm-hmm. less than that if you really look at everybody jumping on to a global platform where um, we like I just, just I was telling you this earlier we hear and see what is happening in real yeah. time yes. Um, yep. You know, long time ago, when things like this would happen, you would hear about it through a newspaper article. You'd hear about it through something, but it would take time. You would, yep. so you felt kind of removed. Now I think it's so in front of us, and now through social media, the same thing's going on with China and um, and over in Taiwan, mm-hmm. and same thing with Beijing. Like all these things, that it almost feels like any kind of conflict in mm-hmm. a different region of the world is now a global issue. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody has something to say, mm-hmm. everybody's weighing in on it, mm-hmm. and and there are um, accusations and things being thrown. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, let's face it, like sitting mm-hmm. here in Columbus, Ohio, 
I don't have a whole lot to do with the geopolitical landscape over in yeah. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, no, but, but now everybody has has a thought or opinion, so I'm curious what yours are. Yeah, it's crazy because it's like, um, or are you asking me? Or you yeah, but go ahead. Oh, you can oh. say. No, I'm just, just saying, in general. I, I was listening to um, kind of this analyst, not futurist, but analyst the other day that was just talking about trends and, and human psychology and just what's been happening lately. And they mentioned this thing that we all know that we're more connected than we've ever been before. They, they used an interesting analogy. They said, you know, it would be, in fact, I thought this was really, it sounds simple, but really apt. They said that the world's always been complicated, but now it's complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so crisis falls into crisis. Like right now, there's production shortages because of mm-hmm. uh, magnesium levels. And, you know, they're shutting down coal plants in China because there's geopolitical fallout with Australia. And there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's all this, every crisis falls into a crisis, but then also we're more interdependent and interconnected. And we get both the pros and the cons. Yeah. So um, if you're in a city especially, you could taste the flavors of the world within your block. Yeah. And you could really experience yeah. anything in the world. But the closer we are to each other in the world, the closer we also are to each other's problems. Yeah. And he said it'd be, it's almost like, like when you think of the Internet and you think of the way we're interconnected. I, I heard someone give this analogy. They said it'd be really probably complicated if you were to throw a party for 500 people that you kind of know acquaintances from your city your town your church whatever to come over to your house yeah they said but it would be complex if you had five thousand people from all over the world yeah different languages ethnicities religions ideologies and so that's what we're interacting in Mm -hmm. and so things are happening in real time we're hearing people's opinions and people's takes in real time yeah everything's affecting one another it's it's uh it's it's really really interesting to watch and uh, as far as Russia, what's your my, do you so, have a feeling toward Russia? I do. Or like what's your so, feeling? So, so again, I'm very it may not be educated, I, but it can be a feeling. Yes, I'm not educated, so I feel like I not not nearly as well similar similar to when we talked about Israel and Palestine. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I want to preface like I yeah. who, who am I to Say Talking anything. about it's just, they've been fighting and yes. conflict for centuries. It's way more. It's easy for me to say from an outside. Yeah. Here's, but I I don't know, but I think the feeling is you you look back at it and you see what was it in two thousand four that talking about Crimea two thousand fourteen. Well, no, two thousand fourteen they annexed they Crimea. Annexed Crimea. But when was it that uh, Ukraine actually receded? Yes, I think it was 2004. It was 2004 so they actually received. There was a time where they kind of agreed on some things, and right. Ukraine actually pulled and, and, back on some stuff, and they and so the, and so the reason they receded, and so I always like to think, okay, try to put my, you know, because my obvious empathies go towards Ukraine, but I'm trying to think, you know, it almost be like if Texas finally receded, yeah. <laughs> they'd probably be like, okay, who the heck did they think they are? But you, you know, Ukraine secedes from Russia because they want to pursue more Western ideology, democracy. Mm-hmm. They want. Um, and then at some point they elect a president that had Russian loyalties yeah. and wants to start pushing that. So Ukraine removes Remove him. That person. And yes. then in response, yeah. Russia comes in and just annexes Crimea. Crimea. So like, and, and if you read about it too, um, kind of unmasked, unlabeled, like, you know, these, well, I should say masked, but unclear, like who they were, but most mm-hmm. believe really Russian, pro-Russian Right, uh, people come in and attack and take over government buildings yeah. in Crimea. That basically they flex, and right. Ukraine just backs away. They're yeah. like, 
okay. Yeah. You're going to have it, which you got to measure Crimea being right there on the Black Sea. Mm -hmm. They wanted that access to the Black Sea. And there was, you know, there was lines that were drawn there, and there were some international waters in between them, but they just kind of came in and said, yeah. nope, well, they flexed and said, we're taking it. So, it's, so it, it almost <laughs> seems like the, the same grievance cycle that you see with Israel and Palestine. Yeah. Because probably Russia, Russia still has grievance because they believe that Crimea belongs to them. Yeah. So they're like, this is part of Russia, and they're, here are these rebels. They're taking up resources. They're, uh, they're dividing our nation. They're hurting us. And any time that this rebel that has seceded from us builds up any amount of arms or anybody builds up their arms, that's as a perceived threat. That's yeah. a, they, they perceive that as a direct security th threat. Well, and they supported Georgia. So th they didn't really, but when Russia and Georgia were fighting, remember that? That was in our, I mean, when Russia and Georgia were fighting, um, Russia, they tried to say that Ukraine was supplying arms and to the Georgian people and fighting in it. Hmm. Later, uh, council kind of third party came back council and said that wasn't true. Yeah. They didn't say it. And so there's just a lot of stuff right. being thrown in. I remember when uh, I think it was a, a pro-Russian group mm -hmm. within Ukraine. That's at least the way it's been. Again, there's, this is what people argue over, mm -hmm. and this is why you get into geopolitical conflict. Right. Um, remember, took down that, that um, airliner. Mm -hmm. Um, several years ago right. that killed hundreds of people. And these are just innocent people flying over Ukraine's right. airspace. And, um, you know, all these things, it's like, you know, are these things the, the, the underlings of, of right. war about to happen? Well, and, and I think what's tricky, too, is you have to, like, there's the, there's the people of a country, and then there's the. I heard somebody government. say the other day, they said, they said when you travel the world, you become convinced that people can get along, governments just can't. Yeah. Um, but it I'm is, sure. but it is really hard because, and, and I heard somebody else say, you know, one of the things that I think is a blind spot for Americans is when you grow up in most other nations, you grow up and you see when America's both the good guy and the bad guy. Yeah. And that, that, that I, I, I can't remember the anecdote, but they talked about, um, it's kind of well known that in other parts of the world, there's a little bit more of a nuanced understanding that sometimes your nation's the good guy, mm. sometimes they're the bad guy. I think I'm. We, we think we're we always Americans the good guy. tend to only think we're the good guy. Yeah. So I, I try always. to remind myself of that and I try because it's easy to have caricatures in your mind, but I'll be I'll be honest and this is not, I'm not saying this is an intelligent approach, intelligent way, but it is really hard for me if you're just asking me how I feel, not to even see, what my intelligent Russia. analysis is, it is hard for me to shake off the caricature of Putin. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that you look at his eyes. His I mean, I've, shirtless picture of him on his. Yeah, horse. well, and, I mean, I've watched him. I I, I, I go on weird rabbit trails. But I remember, like halfway through last year, I watched all of those interviews they did. What was the former Fox News host? Oh, um, Ke uh, no, Kelly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm but anyways, I mean, and he's just coldness in his eyes, un unapologetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I joked about the KGB, but, but that's where he comes from. Yeah, the yeah. KGB, like, KGB like still he, in operation. He has been. operates in that mindset. Yeah. He comes from that. His, the, the way he approaches things, the way he manipulates things. Like, yeah. And it's well known, sure, we've lied at times. So this is with an understanding that America's not perfect. Yeah. But I just think it's just, is there any country as large as Russia um, that's, you know, besides like North Korea and all that, that is, 
is well documented and they will lie, deny, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. cover up. Propaganda. And so for me, I mean, they, I mean, to have 100,000 troops on the border mm-hmm. of Ukraine yeah. and for years uh, just deny that they're they're doing anything or to straight up like invade a place, but then kind of deny or kind of say, oh, that wasn't us. Like I just uh, for <laughs> the outspoken critics to disappear. Oh, that wasn't us. Like, yeah. I just feel like and again, this is what I hear as an American. But it is really hard for me to shake off the caricature of Putin yeah. and therefore the way I view what the Russian government does. Yeah. So it's, I it's, could be way off. Well, and that. I think we don't understand. If, uh, from what I understand, if you're if you're curious about you know what I've read about the conflict that's going on right now, it, I think it stems a lot over Ukraine's desire to connect with the European Union. So oh, they yeah. have expressed for a long time wanting to be. Russia a part said of it's the a European red Union. line if they join NATO. Yeah, that's what they said, and the reason being is that I. I really believe Russia sees them partnering with, they think that allies that could be their potential threat or enemies mm-hmm. would then have access to a neighboring yep. nation right there. So they mm-hmm. see it as a national security issue. I guess the red line for them mm-hmm. to, and, I, and, and so it would not surprise me, and I have no idea what's obviously in the mm-hmm. head of Putin and what they're doing, but if you have current leadership, and we've seen this before, who are... Uh, who are wanting to connect with the European Union, the NATO, mm-hmm. um, maybe the thought is, well, let's just go and change the government. Right. And put somebody in there that won't be. You know, it, it's it's hard to know, but I just I find it fascinating just because I think we we all, uh, it, everything, the, the globe has never been smaller, yeah. so everything that happens, it feels like it happens a state away, yeah. not not. 7,000, 8,000 miles away. Yep. It feels like it happens literally like, mm-hmm. well, that could be in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. There's some conflict going on because yep. you hear about it so much. And so, yeah, did you, know. did you see the, so I watched the live um, news conference today with oh. the military commander. Oh, no, I didn't. I, didn't oh, I, 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 when I was traveling back yeah. for a solid hour, they asked him, I mean, I mean, because right now they're, they're, they have, we have 8,500 troops that are uh, prepared to deploy with, yeah. Uh, NATO, mm. and then we have our own troops, U.S. led, yeah. that are ready. We have, I mean, it, this it, is, and, and so I, the big challenge for me, thinking back to the last twenty or thirty years of conflict mm-hmm. that we've been in, and I, I love, I mean, I, I don't understand the complexity of you know the interest of all of these governments mm-hmm. jumping in but yeah. the, president biden in the u.s have said very uh, he has said very yeah. much oh we're going to get involved yeah. like we're we're showing force economic sanctions to russia mm-hmm. if you go and invade that we are going to retaliate and all of a sudden it feels like oh we're getting into another war right and and, and you know a war that really does i want to mm-hmm. say doesn't involve us yeah but it, I may almost like it, and I don't, I don't know if we should feel this way, but mm-hmm. almost as like a global superpower mm-hmm. that we maybe feel responsibility if there's any kind of conflict mm-hmm. happening, it's, you know, in the world mm-hmm. that we have to get involved right. to squash it. Right. And I feel like we've gone down this road. I can think of uh, Iraq. Mm-hmm. I can think of Afghanistan. Yep. I can think of Israeli-Palestinian right. like conflict and all these things, which I understand there are there Israel's our ally, you know, and, and um, you know, I, it just 
But I, I have wonder, mixed feelings about man. Yeah. Oh, should we be jumping into because this is how world wars start? Yeah, it's, it's, right. It's so true. Like I'm, I'm looking at it again. Anybody listening? I, I am declaring ignorance. Yeah. Like this is something that even None us talking us about, even us deciding we're going to talk about this day. It's, I think it's one of those things is important to talk about. Right. But I want to continue to educate myself on yeah. it. But it is one of those things that the the little I have studied over the years, <clears> it, it's. I understand it's a big issue, but. For it to be so important, because Russia has to know it's at stake. Yeah. Like, Russia has to know what they're doing yeah. is pushing the yes. world towards war. We also have to realize we're pushing the world towards war. I kind of feel like for us, um, I could be wrong, but but as far as our motive, I don't think it's just to get involved. I think part of it is to check the, yeah. the, yes. the global power that is Russia. Yeah. But I, I also think, because I heard um, when they kept asking, they, they kept trying to push this commander. It was so funny. He was getting so frustrated. He said over if, he said over and over again, as I said in my opening remarks, uh, here's what I will share. Here's what I will not share. And, and he just kept getting annoyed because they tried to push him. He said, I will not comment on any specific contingencies or what ifs or whatever. But he did say something really interesting when they were asking about, well, okay, what if this pushes someone to attack one of our allies? Yeah. And he mentioned Article 5. And he said, according to Article 5 mm-hmm. of you know, NATO, European Union, whatever, uh, NATO, he said, um, we would defend our yeah, allies. That's- so what I'm saying is I, I also wonder if part of our commitment in these moments is not just what's happening here, right. but the understanding that we want to uphold the integrity because one day, let's say North Korea attacks or Russia attacks, we want to uphold the integrity of the major Western powers to say, no, we're going to have each other's backs in case something really happens. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure it's very connected to that aspect of it. But it's just, I still think, it, you know, it's one where you still kind of, mm-hmm. you, you have all these emotions of what you've witnessed for literally the last 30 years, yeah. going back from Iraq and, and more recent ones, and thinking, uh, I've seen the results of what yeah. happens when we right. get in, for yep. the impact on our soldiers. The and casualties are usually the proxy countries. Casualties and just a feeling of like we had in Afghanistan. It's like mm-hmm. we're over here and there's no end to it. Mm-hmm. It feels like, you know, almost like Vietnam. It's mm-hmm. conflict you're getting into around the world mm-hmm. that, um, you're, you know, you start to question after a while and go, what, what does this have to do with, with us and with America mm-hmm. and the impact that it has economically, the impact obviously that it has on lives, military, you know, and, and everything. But um, it, it's, I don't know, it's a fascinating, so it's what do a you fascinating think? thing. Who's the. Is there a clear bad guy, good guy? I don't. I, I, I would plead to ignorant to know. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of with you. The same. Russia is a little bit the aggressor. I feel like. Oh yeah, but I, I feel like Russia is like the the big mean brother of Ukraine that just kind of pushes Ukraine around. It can because it has the resources, it has the size um, to dictate what it wants, and it doesn't. You know, uh, again, the history of Russia and Ukraine is fascinating because they really come from the same people way back. And and then there are splits that happen through the 17th century and 18th century, and then you get into the 20th, 20th century, and there was mm-hmm. it's just there's just been a, a long history of trying to separate, um, and it's been kind of like you said com- complicated you know, to try to separate the two countries, yeah. and they've kind of done that, but you, you know it, it seems it, the way it feels is it doesn't. It, this is why I think it, the perception is this. Okay, and, and and from everything I've read, my perception would be Russia is absolutely the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Here's what I say: Ukraine is not trying to take any part of Russia. 
Yes. Ukraine is not yes. trying to invade that's, Russia. That's the thought Ukraine I had this morning. Ukraine is not putting They're not the ones trying to invade. Ukraine is saying, we want to join the European Union and NATO. Mm-hmm. We, want to, we want to be more connected to the rest of the European nations. We want to be a part of that. And Russia goes, oh, no, we don't want you to be that. Because right. then that, that brings it closer to our front door. Right. And so, again, when I look at who is the aggressor, I don't think that's an opinion. Right. Russia's the one that's been building up their troops along right. the border. Uh, and Ukraine is following suit to try right. to protect. But and, and what's fascinating is that Russia really sees themselves as one of the, I think the, they have a, a very interesting mindset. I was reading this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember where it, what source. But I think Russia still sees themselves very much in um, the importance of ground fighting. I, I feel like America has shifted away from mass ground uh, mm-hmm. um, conflict. Like, mm-hmm. we, we would rather go in with drones mm-hmm. and with other things and soften places up and just send in mm-hmm. people to try to do cleanup yep. and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like Russia is fighting that way. They have an intimate it, fighting style. It, it, it and is. And a lot of people, it and is. they also have the terrain advantage. Yes, and so it feels like it feels like Russia is one of those last, I want to say last, but they're not, but one of those last superpower, what's always been considered superpower. Mm-hmm. And they have large ballistic mm-hmm. uh, um, arsenal. I mean, they're they're one of the ones that have intercontinental ballistic missiles mm-hmm. who, that can carry nuclear warheads. So this is one of the reasons why I think we are always watching mm-hmm. what's going on there, and this mm-hmm. is what gives me a little bit of concern of us getting into conflict with them. But but they they even though they probably have the technology mm-hmm. to do that, it still seems like they're almost like we're just going to line up and take you down, okay. and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. It just almost comes across, and, and I will real say, for, and brash. Putin has a very like. <laughs> it's like I we'll was, fight you on the ground. This isn't a compliment. Yeah. Putin has the whole like, I don't care, down. Yeah. It, he's just like, I don't care. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. This is Russia, and it. I mean, he's gotta have some <clears throat> sense of concern for the rest of the world. But he just mm. that he's cold. he has concern for his nation. He's cold. But um, yeah, I want to ask. So, what do you think the percentage is? Since we're talking about war, so two days ago they did a poll in Russia okay. on the likelihood of war, yeah. and it was twenty five percent. Okay. Um, they, they 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 interviewed um, uh, war analysts, and they still said this is two days ago. They mm. still said if they were pressed, they would say unlikely. Really? What do you say? What if you had to pick a percentage? I mean, all no, no, it no, is but, really hard right. just to imagine one day, one order given, and a hundred thousand troops just invading into Ukraine. Yeah, like I, it is really hard right. to imagine. But then I also ask a question: what, Is this just a show of force? You're but, moving and amassing that many all along the border. Is that just a show of and, force? And the to, problem too is when there's so much tension, it's like a tinderbox. Yeah, one spark. I know. One, one. Not, yeah. not you know. Not, not like in the British War where somebody yeah. fires a rifle and then all of a sudden. Yeah. But, I mean, I- anything that, again, like you talked about, everything geopolitically so interconnected. Yeah. So I, don't, I, just don't, be, I don't know that I could even put a percentage. I mean, I, I'd like to think that maybe it's more of a show of force. Like, we warned you, don't join with these people, okay, because we see it as a threat. We mean it. But I don't know if we really mean it. Yeah. Enough to, to go to war. But – Here's what I would say. I'm not putting it past we're Russia. Posi- we're positioning we've our troops seen, for it. We've already seen Crimea. We've already said I just wouldn't put I and wouldn't you do know past it. We, so we've been saying that we're putting troops there. Not We've been saying so far not for defense but to bolster. <laughs> yeah. But we just sent, is it uh, Airborne Unit 6? We, we, we just sent a unit over there that is multifaceted. 
And and mm-hmm. they straight up said in the interview the reason we sent them there is because they can function in any and arena and they're versatile. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, what he said without saying it is, if something were to go down, we have a group over there that can respond in any way. Yeah, but how do you respond with some? You have a battalion, or you, not even that. You have, you know, some groups over there, and they have a hundred thousand troops. Yep, and we, right Tanks, now we have three thousand. Uh, you know, it's. I mean, we're we're not there to, to fight that war by ourselves. But again, it just feels like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I believe today is Groundhog Day. Is it really? Yeah, February second. That's the day oh. we're recording this, anyways. Huh. Isn't it Groundhog Day? I don't know. It's the day when Punxsutawney Phil sees his shadow, which he just did, and then we have six more weeks of winter. That's not a good thing. Wow. Yeah, so anyways, oddly enough. But what I was trying to say, that was a total. But it, it Also, feel- happy Black History Month. Yeah, Black I History Month. I saw the coolest awesome. video. I got to show you later. Okay, this Sorry, it's off topic. Anyway, yep. I, I just it feels like uh, things that we have uh, walked through before as a country. Yep. And so, I, I don't, you know, again, I, I always – Here's all I can have thoughts and opinions, mm-hmm. whether educated or uneducated, right. or feelings. Doesn't mean I need to put them out there or share them. Right. Although we are, we're doing <laughs> it on podcasts, but we're but we're trying to do it in in a way that I'm not just putting you know remarks out on social media and I'm not just putting something out there. No. I'm trying to say I don't really know. Right. But this is what I understand of the conflict, and right. it's not to um, you know it, it's it's almost like everybody. It's almost like the popular thing today is um, is that everybody should verbally sanction, right? Whoever in the globe is doing something bad, yeah. Everybody, and if you yeah. don't, you're not really, you know. I just right. remember that with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Yeah. I think this is different a little bit for yeah. America, um, it is. but but I but I I don't know. I just the 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 bigger thing is like, are we on the edge of another war? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't really had a world war mm-hmm. in seventy years. Mm-hmm. Right, eighty years. But you know, it's crazy. Eighty years last year, like World War. I like, wonder if this conflict. is the thing. So you know, like before COVID hit, uh, there were for decades articles, TED talks, scientists saying this is so obviously going to happen. Another World War? No, COVID. Oh, uh, uh, a global pandemic. It's yeah. happened well, all throughout Gates, history, yeah, and it, and everybody said it's going to happen again. Could this be the new thing that we've all been saying all along? It's bound to happen. It finally happens, and I hope mm. it doesn't. And, and you when, mean the war now? You're talking, I'm about, the talking war. about the war, yeah. Like, like uh, it does. It feels like at some point we're gonna. And, have and a here's war. this is I, I mentioned this to you earlier. This would be maybe for another podcast, but I was listening to a futurist and analyst the other day talking. Just brilliant. He said that we are at the end of an era, and that right now as a globe in a society, we are in the waiting room between eras. Hmm. He talked about like when the Roman Empire ended. And like yeah. Ice Age, like it wasn't like Roman Empire ended on Monday and then this began on Thursday. There was an overlap. Mm-hmm. There was you still see vestiges. And he says we don't realize this now, but so what's the era that's over? So, oh, this this what did they give a, a the, like the, something easy the, to the, put your head around? There's a lot. Um, well, just a single era. We need to call it the era of freedom, the era of peace okay. in our world. Okay, here's, okay, the era here, of let, let, I'll, I'll give you a, a technology. I'll try to give you a one to two minute thing of what he said. Okay. We in modernity have had this mental construct and assumption as we keep going that we've conquered the world and that things are going to get smoother and smoother, especially for it was interesting him talking about this, especially from like 2005 to 2016, even up to 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. There was this feeling that you can go anywhere in the world. You can buy the same shirt from this company that you just saw on the other continent, other side of the world. Uh, you could Uber anywhere you wanted to go. We had conquered nature. 
Um, we'd conquered space. We'd conquered. And so things were going to continue to get smoother and smoother and smoother. It, it, was, it was this whole thought of, because people always say, okay, how do we get back to normal? Or is this the new normal? Man. And he had this paradigm shift of, no, we finally left what was abnormal, and we finally returned to normal. Because he would say, if you actually study world history, disruption is normal. The world history as we know it is geopolitical wars, financial upheaval, plagues, and pestilence. Mm -hmm. But we have had this deception and illusion. And he talks about, I've never thought about this. He said, if you look at most of history, he talked about Martin Luther, mm -hmm. you know, that had the Protestant Reformation. He was terrified to walk through a forest because a tree would fall on him or lightning would strike. If you look at one of the reasons John Wesley, the Moravians, like, looked up to him because he had this peace. Because for the majority of the history of humanity, there was this understanding, this feeling that we're so small. Yeah. And nature could crush us at any moment. Okay. But over the last, like, 30 to 40 years, maybe you could say century, we felt like we conquered nature. We built malls where we walk along sidewalks and we assume we're going to be okay. And we have glass. We built, think about cruise ships. We built these enormous things that could go on the vast, terrifying oceans. The ocean for centuries and millennia terrified people. But we, we built these huge artificial environments and we assume we're going to be okay. Yeah. And he said, well, It's a false sense of security. It's a false right? sense of security. And he said, What happened? He said, You know what the virus was? The virus was a return to nature. He said, Before 2020, Humans actually thought they had conquered nature, mm. and they thought they had conquered... Well, you think it's a wake-up call that we're not stronger than nature? Yeah. <laughs> well, but not just that. Yeah. In 2020, we found out that we'd not conquered... Because once, once we thought we'd conquered nature, by and large, we, we sought out to conquer human nature. Mm -hmm. But in 2020, we found out startlingly and painfully that we had not only not conquered nature, but yeah. we hadn't conquered human nature. Right. The riots, the both. racial division, everything else. And so his whole thing was, he said, you take that, then you take everything that's happened in the Internet and the interconnectedness, and you mm -hmm. see all these crises, and you yeah. see the way that mercury shortages and, and, and all these things are happening. He said, we're heading to a place where we are... He said the days of, he said, he said in, in our minds, when we think of like the future, we think of disruption, mm -hmm. we either have two settings in our mind. We, we either think of uh, zombie apocalypse, mm -hmm. you know, on a roof, yeah. you know, with, with a, and, and we're piling, stockpiling, or we think of just smooth sailing the way we've always been. Right. Life, we, really, until the last two years, you and I, if we're in a developed nation, don't really have to think about a lot. Yeah. News is something no, we're pretty safe. Insulated. News is something entertaining to consume. Yeah, yeah. it's good. But for it's podcasts. not that way now. It's good for us to sit on the podcast, yes. and that's about it. We don't ever feel like we're going right. to be affected by it. But now we are. And his sure. whole thing was, I mean, he was saying, "Look, like, um, I mean, this is again something for another time." But his predict, there are several predictions he had that were fascinating. He said, "For the last however many years, the world has been American-led." Yeah. The, the predictions now are that in the coming years, it's going to be three-tiered. It's going to be America-led, EU-led, and China-led. Hmm. And he said that the predictions, as especially as like um, terrorism, like um, mm -hmm. internet terrorism, yep. you know, cyber attacks, Russia's really happen, good at that. They are. So I never thought about it like this. He said, but that would be one of them. That would be almost as devastating as nuclear attacks. Oh now. yeah. He you says, shut things. You shut companies. So, so guess what's going to happen? Down. The predictions are that as interconnected as the world is, um, internet power is going to start being more regional. 
So there might only be certain internet regions where you can get on the internet mm. in this western sphere mm. or eastern. Whereas right now, if you're on Facebook and I mean not China necessarily, because it'll pretty, close down. It'll, it'll, it'll close, close down. down. He said you won't be able to see everything that's going on there, around the world. Think about this: there could be in the future months where Americans for six months cannot get on social media or the internet. Think about that. You're talking about. You're talking about. I mean, we, I think it sounds like a good thing. <laughs> but, but think about this. We keep talking. I mean, there, Maybe not there could be. They said there could be d- weeks and months water doesn't run. There could be. Think about all. Like we're excited about the future of like electric cars. You're talking about electric cars stop a, running. You think this is a little? I mean, it may not. But this seems really mm. extreme. Mm. I mean, because I understand but, though, but again, power plants and all these things are run, and they're all run by technology. Right. You get into that, you disrupt it. We saw some disruption. We saw disruption in fuel supply. Right. Over this past year, or so, remember when the the uh, I forget what it was, but I think they ended up saying it was Russian hackers that ended up getting in, and um, mm-hmm. they ended up having to shut down some fuel supply companies. Mm-hmm. And so, remember, I remember down, I think it was actually down by South Carolina, things that there were places where there was lines of cars, and the price for fuel was skyrocketing, and people couldn't right. gas, and then panic sets in. Yeah. So, so, so and again, their point was that the, the person talking about this is like a an optimistic. Doesn't Christian sound like it. Leader. That's for sure. I know. Mark Sayers? You, you gotta, doesn't you, sound like Mark it. Let's Sayers, say his name. We, we got to say his name. He is not he is, optimistic he, at all. You got to read his book. He is, he's been one of, in fact, I bought one of his books like five years ago. I need to read it. But he's one of the most provocative, deep wells. But it was it was funny. Halfway through it, Kerry Newoff mm-hmm. is like, okay, now I'm depressed. Let's talk about the good news. Yeah. So, and so, again, he is not dystopian. He's not alarmist. He's not, like, extreme. So start. He's not a prepper. So you, just, it, you it, need to start prepping based it, on what he's saying. His whole point is, look, <laughs> like, it, we're not entering the zombie apocalypse. His whole point was, again, we're in the overlap of the ages. Mm. We still, we're still, there's a lot that we're still going to take for granted. His whole point, though, is the more we move into the future, there's going to be less we're going to take for granted. We're still going to operate with a lot of our luxuries. There's still going to be great things. But the days, the, the illusion now of COVID, yeah. of the world just going to keep getting smoother and smoother and oh, smoother. Yeah. And we're more and more and more in control of nature, whether biological or environmental. Like, the, that illusion's been shattered. Well, even what we see happening you know, just even um, um, natural disasters. I mean, everything. I mean, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like that, we just we see a lot of natural disasters, yeah. and I think those are always reminders. Massive mm-hmm. earthquake, mm-hmm. and you know, huge storms and flooding, mm-hmm. and you know, just like the. I I was super fascinated. I don't think this has anything mm-hmm. to do with it, but <laughs> I was fascinated by the volcano that erupted out in the middle of the, mm-hmm. in the Pacific. Yeah. Over on the west side. Did you see that? Mm-mm. You didn't see that? Whoa, yes. I heard, the, the, I heard about the, it. Yeah, I forget the name of the yeah, – I wish yeah. I had the name of the, like the islands. They sound Hawaiian, the Filipino, like mm-hmm. over by by there in the Philippines. Um, but just a massive mm-hmm. volcanic eruption. And I'm just fascinated by this stuff. Yeah. So I was reading up all about it. And it was one of the biggest ones. So, And, and the volcano um, had been coming to the surface for a while had eruptions that happened before they had created islands this one was so massive they said it was the equivalent of like oh what was it six million tons of tnt going off mm. and spewed things uh just um uh, elements and things obviously with everything that is spews with volcanoes ash and all that good stuff it, um most of it as high as 19 miles in the air some as high as 34 miles in the air covered some of the neighboring um towns uh, neighboring islands just like wiped out the crops and everything like that neighboring ones and no one, these were uninhabited like little island that had popped up because of the volcano but what was interesting is you have something like that massive happens and also sends tsunamis 
you know, which weren't not devastating ones, yeah. but all across the ocean. Yeah. So there's just my, my point is that there are things that are still happening in nature that we have no mm -hmm. control over. Mm -hmm. And um, it's we, fascinating to kind of like it I, is I, it, it is fascinating because you could probably in my lifetime, mm -hmm. you could probably go back and just go, OK, you, you can re up on history. Mm -hmm. We have been living in the most mm -hmm. technologically advanced history. Probably I know it's not. There's been conflicts, but not to the extent of like World War. Like right. if you go read about the way World Wars impacted the United States, World War One, early mm -hmm. 1900s, World War II, 1939, 45. You know, when you go read about those, they were all encompassing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're changing what we're manufacturing, right. all this stuff. We've had conflicts, but for the most part, it's been like, hey, we're sending soldiers over there. We're doing this. It's not affected us, obviously. Right. Um, right. Obviously, 9/11 did affect us mm -hmm. on our on our property, right. and that kind of was an eye-opening thing, you know, that could come. But yeah. it almost makes you wonder if that is not what we're going to see in the future. But, that we're going to see it's going to be different the way way it's being fought. But you know what? And here's one because I am a hopeless optimist. <clears throat> and you know, one of the things that's really exciting, especially in our context, mm -hmm. Mark Sayers pointed out, he said is we always want like want to go back to norm so that we can do ministry and be leaders. Mm -hmm. He said, but the history of the world, mm -hmm. he said when David was coming back from the ruins of Jerusalem, his whole thought was, how can I get things back to norm so I can implement these programs and they work well? Yeah. His whole thing was leadership through everything that was happening. And this is like, I think well, they actually, say leadership is born for diversity. It's born for diversity. Right? Born and for it. So and this so. is the greatest, this could be one of the greatest moments in history, not only yeah. for the greatest minds to create the future, yeah. but also for people to find hope in a real way and for the church to be the light in the middle of the darkness. One more haunting thought, though. So was, uh, right. we were talking about this. Is, um, you, so you went to Israel. Yeah. So you, you I, don't, I don't know if we all went on the same tours, but I remember in 2017 when I went to Israel, this was one of those first moments as far as, even just speaking for us, the age of our nation. Yeah. I'm walking through some of the Roman ruins. Like we're looking at like where some of the first like aqueducts mm -hmm. were built. Yep. And our tour guide is Jewish, both in religion and nationality. Mm -hmm. And he's just very dry, very matter of fact. And he's just he's spitting out stuff that I'm like, oh my God. Like he he said the thing that maybe I don't know if you've ever heard this, but he said, uh, you know, Israel knows that when America gets a cold, Israel gets the flu. Hmm. So we don't realize this in America, the power, at least right now we have, that the smallest thing that happens here has big ripple yeah. effects on the rest of the world. But then he made a statement. He goes, yeah, but, you know, um, oh, oh, he was talking about the Roman Empire. And somebody asked, they said, well, what happened to the Roman Empire? I mean, it was so huge. It was vast. It was yeah. global. And he said, um, he said corruption yeah. and, um, and decadence and bad leadership. And he said, um, so he said the same thing that happens to every empire when they finally fall. Yep. And then he said this. He said, the same thing that's going to happen to America. And, I, was, and I, I remember I was like, Wait, what? And he goes, he goes, oh, yeah, you do know that there's never in the history of the world it's been a, a world empire never. that succeeded 300 years. Yeah. And I was like, it all got quiet, and I'm like, whoa. Roman Empire, I would say, is close to 400 or more. But yeah. but you can look at ours, mm -hmm. and whether you say 1776 or you go back further. And I was like, really? Do you think America will fall? Yes. He goes, according to everything that's ever happened in the world and the age the empires last, he goes, and by the way, he goes, do Americans not, are they not sobered by the 300 trillion whatever dollar debt we have to China? He goes, you don't think that any moment now that could cause your nation to collapse? And I was, I was like, holy yeah. smokes. I, I, I think, I, I've told you this before, when we've had conversations, whether it's, you know, just, whether it's just conversations about um, the right to bear arms and other things. And I've said to you before, I said, 
we should not be so naive to think that the way it is now is the way it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. I said I, I said the exact same thing to you, though. I remember I said, you can go back and look at the history of global powers. They come and go. Sure. They really do. And so what does that mean for us? I don't know. It right. doesn't mean we, I, I feel like it doesn't mean we need to live in fear. And I think right. we've talked about this before. You know, where is that line between being prepared for things but not being a prepper or, mm-hmm. you know, being prepared yeah. but also not living in fear right. in that regard? And I think if anything we've seen through – Everything that's happened over the last couple of years, I think that, that fear has, has become like this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, settled into our spirit yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a great challenge is like, mm-hmm. how, how do we look ahead? I also know that the future has never been written. Right. So the one thing is you, you look at, at, at history so mm-hmm. you don't repeat it. Yep. And so if anything, we should be going as a nation, mm-hmm. we should be going, hmm, there have not been global powers that have mm-hmm. lasted much longer than this. Let's. What should we do? Well, let's go learn. If you do not learn yeah. from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. There's right. The, there's this. Um, but I also think that the future yeah. hasn't been written, and yeah. there is always somebody or something that is going to change that narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying it's America. This is an oversimplistic reduction, and I don't know that I fully agree with it. But the basic sentiment's kind of funny. Leonard Ravenhill once said, "The only thing we learn from history is that we don't learn from history." <laughs> that we don't learn. I mean, that's true, though. And we I, don't that, learn and we just repeat it. Yeah, and I think there. Maybe that's why we've seen that cycle. Yeah. Since as humanity, I mean, it's it is interesting. I've been to a lot of countries that are way old. I mean, you got mm-hmm. probably the oldest is going to Israel and seeing you know stuff that go, dates back thousands yeah. of years. But even in Russia, I was there and when they were celebrating their 850th anniversary. Yeah. Um, I think it was. And do, so, do you personally still give to Russia? Um, to to Putin? What what are we talking about? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, okay. personally give to Russian government <laughs> anyways okay. but um but but just being over there is kind of that reminder same thing in Europe mm-hmm. and I lived in Europe but you know you go into these towns you go into like Russia and you're you're in Moscow and it's you know they're like celebrating their 850 mm-hmm. and you're kind of it's that reminder like okay mm-hmm. this capital this city is is more than double really what the America has existed for mm-hmm. and and it's not crazy. even America as we know it there right. if you want to look call if you want to say right. 1776 or later mm-hmm. I mean, we only got a couple hundred years, mm-hmm. and, and so you're looking at that, and you're, and then you look at them and go, "Hey, there was a time like it, there was they were a massive superpower, and then there was a time when they lost and because of things, and now they're right." So I, I do think that you know um, what I want to talk about. A, I think that's a a reality mm-hmm. that I, I'm not afraid of, but I think we should. I think if we are naive and think that nothing yeah. can touch us, yeah, that is when we're the most vulnerable, right? And I and I think America could be vulnerable in the global landscape yep. moving forward, mm-hmm. um, if, if it doesn't. If it doesn't, I don't, I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. I mean, uh, I think at some point other global superpowers are going to rise, and yeah. how we interact and respond. But I wonder if it'll be. It, we need a, the we one need thing a, that always changes it. The only thing that we is need a to war. Do. But yeah, I mean, the one true. thing that always changes yeah. is a war. You go back and look, all empires and all these things. Yeah. Usually, it's a war. Right. And and somebody thinks I can't be beat. Right. They go into the war and they get beat. The only thing we need to do to improve our nation is um, get out of debt, reform health care, reform prison system. Win the most golds. Um, and, uh, and get out. Say what? And win the most golds at the Olympics. And win the most golds at the Olympics. But and, yes. And unify the nation back again politically. And, That's all we got to do. And have a really strong leader that can step towards the middle and actually win with charisma and well, integrity. That's all we need to we'll do. We'll probably do it this year so, or next. We'll so. do this year. Anyways, well, it's been a fascinating <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's been super helpful for anybody. <laughs> But I, I think it's um, good to talk about it. Yeah, and one of the things that I think we've always wanted to do, just in this podcast, is talk about current events and what's mm-hmm. going on. 
and how do I process that mm -hmm. uh, through my filter of my faith? How do I process right. that? And I think, uh, you know, uh, as much as um, you and I both work in ministry and sometimes, you, you know, we have we're so involved in in kind of that um, aspect of life that, yeah. you know, that we don't ever want to just like put our heads in the sand and go, well, yep. this is our world. And this is what we do. Right. And not see what's going on in the big world yeah. and that we're a part of because everything that happens in the world affects us. And to pray for the world. And to pray. That's I'm, I think I'm a great convicted way. as I say it because yeah, I have not prayed a lot about this. Yeah. And like, for example, I, I do, you're, you're right. I, I find myself curiously uh, watching mm -hmm. what is happening between Russia yeah. and Ukraine. But I'm not praying for there to be peace or most? resolution, and 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 you, you know what I mean. You know, and, you know the um, the most on my seat I've ever been watching um, current history unfold hmm. was when everything happened with ISIS. Yeah. I remember I, I don't know if it was healthy or unhealthy, and I actually did pray. I remember I became yeah. consumed. Do you remember that time back mm -hmm. in like 2015 to 2016? When yeah, ISIS when was, was about, was and especially for a few, a for a few days, were getting, they were about to attack this town, and we knew any moment if they broke through that hundreds and thousands of women and children were going to be massacred. Yeah. And I remember, it, and I remember thinking, this is an eerie thing because, like, I am like, I remember it was, it became unhealthy. Like every few hours, I was like refreshing my news app because mm -hmm. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, and it, but it, 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 and it was, it's just it, we're, we're in a weird. Time. Yeah. We're in a weird time yeah. because it's so far removed and so close. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think the, the big key uh, as we walk through it and all these things we're talking about, you talk to, you listen to futurists and other things, and it could cause panic and it yeah. caused you to, to freak out. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's, to me, one of the things that I want to always remember, and this is what my faith really helps stabilize me, is realize that my life is founded yeah. on Christ yeah. and what he taught. And you know, I remember what Jesus said, you know, once he said, you build your house on a rock and mm -hmm. when the storms come, it'll still stand. Yeah. You build your house on sand and not so much. Mm -hmm. And so I think in all of the um, global upheaval that's going on, the shifting of power, the who knows the future and mm -hmm. how it applies to us. Um, I think that's one of the things that settles me. Yeah. I think I think if you don't have that, I don't yeah. understand how you aren't so unsettled in life. When you can look at it, especially as things may get worse and mm -hmm. things may get even more complicated and life may impact what we've known. Mm -hmm. I think there's a tendency to, to have fear and panic and freak out. No. But to yeah. me, that's one of the things that I, I can have conversations about these, be concerned about them, mm -hmm. but they also they don't disrupt what is no. really holding me up. And, and that is my faith in Christ, yeah. and I know that he's with me no matter what. And so, yeah. and I look back to even in the Bible, and you see, you know, it's interesting when you see that the hardest things that, mm -hmm. that the early church went through also resulted in the greatest advancement yep. of the kingdom of God. Yep. And when you see that in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, that a massive persecution broke out against mm -hmm. the church, and then from that, that the gospel went to mm -hmm. other regions, the things Jesus said it would do, yeah. all of a sudden you realize even though we aren't in control of nature and we're not in control of, uh, of global powers and we're not in control of all this stuff, I just feel like God is. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it yep. doesn't mean, you know, we might want God to, to mm -hmm. rearrange and move things, but what I know is that I feel like God is just over it all mm -hmm. and, and he's going to use whatever happens in our giving us the ability to yeah. fight and not fight. And he's going to use right. whatever it is to advance his purpose on the earth. Right. Yep. And so I can, take, I can take heart in that and I can rest in that. Yeah. So fascinating. Fascinating conversation. Well, anyways, we just want to say thank you for joining with us for this episode. If it uh, has encouraged you, we hope. If it has uh, sparked something in your mind, if it has brought a question 
dear mind, we love to know. We love to know. If you have any thoughts about what's going on globally or who's going to win the most amount of golds in the uh, coming up Olympics, let us know. We'd love to know. You can send us always an email to podcast at the X. Uh, dot church we'd love to hear about and as well if this uh this is something you think would help someone else do us a favor and share it we would love that if you could just hey click the share button share it through youtube or podcast with a friend or a family member and uh, it does help get the word out whenever you would uh, like it and you subscribe and leave a review it does help moves up in the algorithm yeah, come on talk about the algorithm so it. it moves up Rate so anyways thank you for joining us and until next week have a great day